He's coming soon. He's coming. Oh God, oh God. Soon. Hallelujah, hallelujah. With joy. Hallelujah. We welcome hallelujah. His return. Listening to that chorus, we say in our heart, we believe that He's coming soon. It says, with joy, we'll welcome His returning. It, it could be, be in the morning. Morn. It may be. It could be tonight. We know, and it may be. He's in just a moment. Do you really believe that? Sing it. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. With joy, we welcome His return. Be more. It may be night or noon. We know it's coming soon. Like for everybody, sing it real soft. He's coming. Soon he's coming. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. With joy we welcome his return. It may be more. It may be night or noon. We know He's coming soon. Let's lift up our hands and love Him for a minute. Oh, 
I am aware tonight the message that I am about to preach Satan does not want you to hear it Hell does not want you to hear it I will fight every spirit that can be loosed against us tonight in order to give you what I feel that God wants us to have. But if I ever felt that I know the mind of God, I believe that I know it tonight. May not be joy. You may not really want to welcome His return. But I'm going to tell you something, sir. There's some of us becoming weary. There are people in this world that has given their life for what you're enjoying tonight. Some of our missionaries, toiling from sun till sun, Some of our pastors fighting every demon out of a pit of hell. To some of us, the rapture of this church would be a joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Brother King to come back to the microphone. I love this man. Worked together with him before. And since he sang this chorus, I want him to sing it one more time while this audience is silent. My subject tonight will be the night that Jesus comes. And at the close of this chorus, I want Brother King to entreat the presence of the Lord to come into this tabernacle. Help me to preach a dying man to dying souls. The night that Jesus comes, Brother King. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. With joy we welcome his returning oh god it may oh be god more oh god it may be night or noon we know he's come oh god 
Brother King, sing it once more before you pray. He is coming soon. Oh, God. He's coming soon with joy. We welcome His returning. It may be It may be night or noon, we know He's coming soon. Lord Jesus, we know tonight that we stand with great solemnity in our hearts because of the awesomeness of your presence in this place. And Lord, we recognize in part that if there was ever a day when we need you and divine visitation to stir the slumbering cords of our inner man, to awaken to alert, to make us sensitive to the voice of God in these moments. Lord, it's tonight. Oh, God, have mercy upon us. Let the gentle wind of your presence, Lord, move in every soul. Lord, that your Spirit might arrest every man and every woman, every teenager, every child, Oh, God, that every soul might be influenced by your Spirit tonight, and none being unmoved by the power and the glory of Jesus Christ in this house. Nor that you'll anoint the man of God that you've sent unto us. Oh, God. Give him vigor. Give him energy. By the Spirit of the living God, we ask. Let the heavy anointing and unction of God Almighty burn in the very heart and soul of Brother Foss tonight. Oh, God, that he will be a living oracle of divine purpose among us for this Wednesday night service. Lord, put your words into his mouth and let him bring them unto us. Give him liberty, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. Let's lift our hands and love him now. I would like for every child of God tonight 
like to talk to you seriously just a moment. I know this is camp meeting, but the burden I feel in my heart is so heavy. If you think you're going to have to go before we get through preaching, go now. Because what's fixing to happen here, it's dangerous for you to walk out. If you're going to have to go to the restroom before I get through, go right now. I believe that it's time for us to give our very best to God. All right? Now then, I want to start reading from the Word of the Lord. You have your Bibles? I want you to turn with me. I am among people tonight... You say that you believe that Jesus is coming soon. How many of you believe that? Put your hands up. I see some of you didn't raise your hands. That's all right. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't raise mine either because you'd be lying. But I fear tonight that I'm going to prove to you that you really don't believe it. The cardinal sin of Israel was her inability to believe. And take God at His word. I believe the sin of the apostolic church tonight is that we cannot come to grips and really believe His word like it says. Oh, we say we do, but Do you really? The Bible says that in my name they'll cast out devils. We shout about that, but how long has it been since you really saw it in operation and you knew what it was? Aren't you a little bit tired of laying hands on the sick and them ending up in a doctor's office, going to the hospital. I'm just talking to you from my heart. It isn't the fault of the Lord.
It's so difficult for us to believe. Just simply, Lord, I believe what you say. If we believed him, it wouldn't be hard to give the last dollar we have. But we lack the ability to believe that he's going to feed us when we don't have money. He's going to clothe us when there is no money. Oh, we give. Yes, we give, but we still have a checking account. We have a little money in a savings. But if we believed it like it's written, it would not be difficult for us to give. And so we come to grips with this. He's coming. Believe it or not, He's coming. Listen to the reading of the Word of the Lord. Out of the book of Genesis 19, verses 1 and 2. There came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate at Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet him, bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night. Wash your feet. You shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Some way to talk to the Lord. Get up early and go on your way. Never ask Him to stay a long time. Just... Stay tonight, just like you would a friend. Wash your feet. You can go early in the morning. Not so, Lot. We're going to stay in the street tonight. Then out of the book of Matthew... Chapter 11, verse 20. Let me ask you again. I don't want anybody to move while I'm reading tonight. Is it all right? If you think it's all right, say amen. amen. Oh, we need a reverence for the Word of God. We need a reverence for the Word of God. It seems that it's a signal to move when somebody says, let's stand up and read. 
Every one of you children, stand. You little girls, stand. Everybody, this is the word of the Lord. Israel stood in the rain days at a time while they read the word. I trust that before I leave here, the Lord will let me preach a message to you entitled, The Beggar's Church. I've never been the same since I went to that church. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Sherozan, woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Matthew 24, verse 40. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house... Hey, listen to this. If the man of the house if the daddy of your home, if the mother of your home. You see, I know what it is to come home and windows broken out of your home, your house ransacked, things that you wouldn't take anything in the world for, gone, scattered. If I'd have known it, if I had known it, If I had known it, it would not have happened. And so Jesus picked up that incident. said, but you know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore... Be ye also ready, for in such an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Luke chapter 21, 
verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun. You believe that's happened? And in the moon. And in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then you look up. Not when they're finished. Not when it's over. But these things which he cataloged to you, when they began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. The night Jesus comes. You may be seated. really going to be like. My old dad, a preacher of 65 years, I've heard it all in my life. Not a new story to me. It's not a new message. But it is a message that hell does not want you to know. And he does not want you to talk about. He doesn't want you to think about it. I've heard it so many times until when I hear it, it just is another sermon. Sounds good. Preached well. But I find it difficult to really believe it. It's hard for you to come to grips. After 35, 40, 45 years, every day the sun rises. And it's hard for you to believe that it won't rise in the morning for you. Hard to believe that. But will it be a rainy day? Will it be a crisp? Cool, clear night. Will it be a day that you've been in trouble? Will it be a day that you've spent time in prayer? Or will it be the day that you was too busy? You didn't take time to pray. You just put it off. I'll pray later when I get through. I wonder what you're going to be doing when it finally does come to pass. And it really does happen. Because he's coming, Ripley, believe it or not. Hallelujah. 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 
We still have some old dyed-in-the-wool southerners down where I live, and they talk with a long drawl like I do, you know. And they say y'all and you all and so on, but my, I can understand that better than I can you guys. And watch it. I got my eye on it. Amen. Even the Apostle Paul said you all. The grace of God be with you guys. You all. We wonder about these kind of things. And some of those old Southerners, I listened to one the other day say they'll never make me believe they put a man on the moon. He said it's just a big hoax. He said there ain't nobody been to the moon. I said, well, what about the pictures? Did they just fix all that up? I could not ever make him believe that a man had been on the moon. How many of you believe a man went to the moon? You saw it. Where did you see it? Don't get me started on that. that they sent back from the moon landing. Those films came in. They went straight to Brother Holtons. And his company reproduced those films. And he come in my office and said, Let me show you something, Brother Foss. Long before you saw what you saw. He laid them on my desk. He said, don't tell anybody I'm showing you this. He said, I just wanted you to see it. He said, I'm on my way back to NASA. And I'll take these back with me. I said, get me a copy of them, Sam. He said, I'll try. I don't know whether I can or not. But do you know, strangely, I really believe that a man went to the moon. go, I did not experience that thrust of that rocket and it going, but I do believe it, because they told me, well, if I can believe that they went to the moon, if I can believe there was a George Washington and an Abraham Lincoln, then why can't I believe there was? Really, a Jesus Christ. And if you believe there was a Jesus Christ, what do you believe about him? Was he just a man? You saying tonight he was more than a man. Do you believe what you were singing? Well, then what was he? Do you believe that he knew what he was talking about when he said there's going to be signs 
in the heavens. There's going to be two in the field. There's going to be two in a bed. There's going to be two at work. He was talking to somebody. He said, one is going to be taken. The other left. But we find that so hard to believe, so difficult. He's coming sooner than what you think. We find it hard to come to grips with that. And supposing he does come tonight, do you really believe what we say is going to happen? Do you believe that the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then somehow you're going to be caught up in the air? And... You know, we believe a lot of things about it that I, I, I just really don't know about. Somebody made up a song about it. Oh, them golden slippers. What do you want with shoes of gold? What difference does it make? In other words, if he comes, I will make it to that glory world if I'm ready. The rapture of this church means to me Heaven and all that He said was there. What is heaven to you? What is it? It's not golden slippers. I don't care if I'm barefooted when I get there. I know that the book teaches me that those streets are going to be gold. I don't have any gold in this world. Timex watch, stainless steel band. I don't have any gold. So why would gold on the street? Why would that interest me? We sing songs about the streets of gold. When I walk up the streets of gold, is that really what you're looking for when you get to glory? Is that what you want to see? Somebody else talks about what John saw. He said he saw gates of pearl. Pearls don't interest me. I don't let my church wear pearls or gold or silver or diamonds. Uh, you want me to stop? Okay. I'll journey on. What can I care about gates of pearl? I know that's going to be beautiful. He said the walls would be made of jasper. I wouldn't know a jasper if I saw it. And he went on and named 
those beautiful stones. I know it's going to be a beautiful place. Got started in a Bible study one night about heaven. And uh, the speed limit then was 60 miles an hour. You can do this at home sometimes, figure it out. And uh, if you study it correctly, the Bible tells you that the city is built four square, so many cubics, it figures out 1,500 miles square. And if you traveled 60 miles an hour for as long as this world has stood since Adam, 6,000 years, And every man was given one cubic mile. That is a section of land, 640 acres. On the flat surface on one side and 640 on the other, a cubic square mile. Son, that would be a pretty good hunk of real estate. And I decided I was going to visit all my neighbors when I got to heaven. And so I started off at 60 miles an hour. I come in the front door of your mansion. And it's a mile wide. One minute I go out the back door. And I'm in Brother Dillon's mansion. One minute I go out that door and I come into Brother Tools. I do that for 6,000 years. I have still got millions of neighbors that I've never seen. We're talking about heaven. Hallelujah. I do not believe that God is impressed by the suit of clothes that I have on tonight. It does not matter if they come from the factory in their seconds, or whether they're Phoenix or Petroselli's or Hollywoods, or whatever they might be. God is not impressed by what I've done. It does not matter whether my tie is blue and it matches the suit, or whether my shoes are black, white, or yellow. These things God is not interested in. We could not ever impress God by a building, beautiful tabernacle. But God is not impressed by this tabernacle. Hallelujah. I could carry you to our church in Houston and let you walk in the front door. And when you walk into the narthex of our church, the ceiling is as high as this. Up in the ceiling, a big, huge chandelier hangs with 38 bulbs glistening there and a beautiful Italian tile floor. And you walk in and there it is. Somebody said, what's it worth? Probably a million and a half. That don't mean anything to God. God could care less about that. If God was looking for buildings, He wouldn't stop with apostolics and nothing anybody has in this church. No, no. It can be a little frame shack on the side of the road. It could be a little building with no windows in it. Or it could be a brush harbor out somewhere on the side of the hill. But oh, it becomes the place that God meets with His people. And it makes no difference what it is or where it is or what it looks like. You see, I'm not looking for gates of pearl. I'm not looking for streets of gold. I'm not looking for mansions. 
I'm sure not looking for cabins in the corner of glory land. I'm not looking for that when I get to heaven. There is one thing that I want to see. There's one thing that I want to look at. There is one place that I want to go. I don't want to just stop on the streets of gold and look at its beauty. But when the apostle Peter heard that he's not here, he has risen. When the other disciples ran out to the tomb, they stopped. But the Bible said, Peter, run in to where he was. That is my desire. When I get to heaven, I want to find that throne. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And the brightness of His countenance is brighter than the noonday sun. There won't need to be a sun in the daytime or a moon in the night because that one that sits on that throne is going to be the light of the sea. Hallelujah. I want to see Him. I got a boy that I have hope that's in glory. I want to see Daryl, sure. But my first order of business is to see somebody else. Everybody is writing songs about Mama. They got her teaching angels how to sing. They got her doing everything, but Mama's not what I want to see. When I get to glory, there's one priority, and it's that one that's sitting on the throne. I want to walk up to where he is. I want to walk up there and put my hand in his hand. I want to take hold of him and tell him, Jesus, I love you. Heaven. There's some other things that I enjoy about heaven. No more. Heartaches. My old daddy, when I started to leave, he always tells me when I go to a convention or a camp meeting, wherever it is, Son, tell the brethren that it's just like it's always been. That it hasn't changed. Cry. Brother King, if I would have went into his office tonight at 8 o'clock, he would have been kneeling there at a desk. And Brother Tool, take it or leave it. But let me tell you what he does. Every day of his life, he opens that manual. And over there on that page where it starts naming the officers, he starts off with the general superintendent, the two assistants, the four regional directors, the executive board. Then he goes to the page where it's the general board. And Brother Tool, your name is there. He doesn't just say, God, bless the general board. But he starts off, God, bless Brother Tool. God, bless Brother Holly. God, bless Brother Price. God, bless Brother Tinney. God bless Brother Reynolds. He just goes down the line. God bless Brother Russell. God bless Brother Rome. God bless 
Brother Samuelson, just come on down. God bless Brother Edwards. God bless Brother Connell. And he stays there praying. You walk in through the home. He cries by the hour. I put my arm around him the other day. I said, Daddy, someday you're not going to shed any more tears. He said, Why, honey? I said, Because that book tells me that when we get to glory, it's not going to be an angel. It's not going to be somebody else. But he's going to wipe every tear out of the eyes of his children. Oh, sir, when we talk about heaven, we're talking more than just the material things. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit homesick tonight. I'm a little bit homesick tonight. Some people are singing a song. Wait a little longer, please, Jesus. Honey, He can't wait much longer. This world is in such a mess. He can't wait much longer. But the thing that disturbs me is the church that's asleep. We're the ones that's rocked in the cradle of affluence. And we don't understand that He's coming sooner than what you really think He is. I sit in a home the other night. man works in the Armco Steel Mill. said, Brother Foss, we was up around the coffee urn on coffee break. Men that never go to church said they was gathered around and said they started talking. And I said, well, Brother Fuller, what were they talking about? He said, you know, it was so strange. They said, something is about to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. One man spoke up and said, I haven't been to church since I was six years old. I have children that's in their teens that have never been to church. But he said, if I live, when I get home, me and my family is going to go to church somewhere. Because something is about to happen. You're living in perilous times, sir. We laugh and we joke about President Carter. He may not be my favorite man. I wouldn't be in his shoes for anything in this world. Because we are in perilous times. Your Reagans, your Connellys, your Kennedys, none of them could do any better. We're in a mess. You don't have confidence in any of them. You don't have any confidence in your government. You don't have any confidence in anything that goes on. You don't believe there's a fuel shortage. You believe that it's manipulated. You believe it's just to get to the little man. They're raising the price. The monopoly's got it. The man's there. He's crying, somebody! Tell me what's wrong. This will tell you what it is. He's coming. Believe it or not. He's coming. He's coming. How many of you believe He's coming? How many of you believe He's coming? Come on. I want to talk to you now. You believe that He's coming? I want you to be honest with me. I don't want anybody to open your eyes. I want every eye in this building closed. Do 
Don't anybody look. Nobody look. How many of you have lost children? Just put up your hand a little ways. Nobody will see it but me. There's a couple of hundred. Put them down. How many of you have uh, lost husbands? Let me see your hand. There's probably 75. How many of you have lost moms? Your mother's not saved. Oh, look at that. All right. How many of you have dads that are not saved? That's not to say anything about the other part of your family. I've talked about the joy of heaven. I've always wanted to dance in the Spirit. The Lord never sees fit to let me do that. But when I get to glory, I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I'm going to run. I'm going to do all of those things. But now I want to talk to you about the other side of the night Jesus comes. You don't believe He's coming. You don't believe that He could come tonight. You don't believe it like it really is. You say that I believe in walls of jasper. I believe in gates of pearl. I believe that Jesus is going to sit on a throne. But the same book that said that tells you about a raging, red-hot, belching, wide-open mouth to look down in it is a bottomless pit. And that place is called hell. If He comes tonight, there's some in this building that will go to that raging hell. Oh, but the first don't tell me about that. No, you don't believe it. That's why you don't want me to tell you. I'm fighting every devil I can fight tonight. The anointing is not like it has been the other nights. And I expected it. He doesn't want you to hear what I'm about to tell you about the place you're going to, sir. One mile from NASA, out on the prairie, one of the brilliant engineers, there he was traveling, suddenly a mile down the road ahead of him, he saw a burst of flames, and he sped to the scene, found a car that was wrecked. It had struck the back of another car. The car burst into flames. And inside that car was a beautiful blonde-headed girl going to work. That man ran up there and he saw the flames coming into the car. The upholstery had started to burn. The girl was screaming, get me out! Get me out! Get me out! He put his hands to our handles. He pulled on them, but the doors were jammed. She was pinned in between the steering wheel and the seat. My friend, 
He watched those flames come to her clothes. He watched her when her long, beautiful blonde hair started to burn. He listened to her scream. And she began to beat that hair. She began to hit it with her hands. The hair burning. The flesh on her face began to fall. That brilliant engineer tonight is in Austin in the mental institution, stark, raving, mad, when he saw that soul by dying in a flame of fire. Ah, for the false, why do you tell us this? I'm telling you, sir, because if Jesus comes tonight, I'm preaching to some of you that's going to run headlong into a red hot hell and nobody can turn you around. I want you to look at this preacher. Everybody look at me. That book said that hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. Why couldn't it say that hell had shrunk itself? Hell had withdrawn itself. Hell has not needed to be as big as it is. The reason that it enlarged itself is because more than God planned on in the beginning have made up their mind that we're going to burn in a red hot hell. Oh, I know you don't hear much of the kind of preaching I'm fixing to do to you tonight. You see, you're going to talking about hell. In the eye of the Scripture, the lake that burns with fire and with brimstone. I could not imagine until one day the Lord let me walk up on a lake and He showed me a vision. I went down to a dam that was about to break. They told everybody to stay away. I come up the back way, you know, curious. I was walking down the concrete levee. And below that spillway, Brother Dillon, the gates were as wide as they could get them. Water was going over the top of the gates. Down below that dam, it was a roar. I was a half a mile. I could hear the roar. I could hear it. I could see the mist coming up. I'd fished there many times. But this is the day that I wanted to see it. I didn't know that God had it fixed. Where I would be there. When I walked up on a lookout, just 15 or 20 feet above the raging, roaring torrent, Brother Birch walked with me. You couldn't talk without screaming. I looked at that water. Down it went. Cascading in a raging, roaring torrent. It hit and where it balled up, it balled up just raging. And I got to looking. 
There was a log about the size of a body of a man. And it was worn smooth. No splinters. No bark. The ends were worn round. Now watch that log. It got caught up close to the gates. And just never stopping. And in a moment, that raging torrent would catch the end of that log. And it would plunge down. I don't know where it would go. But I began to watch that boil. In a minute, that log would shoot out of the water several feet into the air and fall back and drift back up to the gate. I stood there for a moment and God began to talk to me. Hell, 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 hell. I began to see a man. It wasn't a log. I began to listen to the voice. That thing went under and it come out screaming, oh God, oh God, oh God. And it would drift back and go down again. The fire running everywhere. I turned pale. Brother Birch said, what's the matter, Brother Foss? You're sick. I couldn't walk. You see, you don't really understand what hell is going to be like. You don't understand it. I stood at a little sharecropper's hut in the Mississippi Delta between Black River and Faraday, Louisiana. Three o'clock in the morning, an ice storm. I stood there and watched a family huddled under a tree. There was a mother, little woman, about 104, five, six pounds. Big old dad. Brother Duncan reminds me of the size of this man. Tall, slender. They were out there in their night clothes. A blanket around them. Beneath the eaves of that house, rolling flames with hair. You could look inside the door. And I didn't know that when a place burns, it does this way. But the fire began to roll, just like it was a big ball. And you could look in that glass window, and it just looked like it was whirling around and around and around. There was only four or five people standing there. Maybe ten, and most of them were men that lived somewhere by. That little woman looked at her husband and asked him, said, uh, Where's our baby? And he said, Well, it's here somewhere. Somebody's got it. She looked around quick, and it began to dawn on her. She said, Honey, did you... Bring our baby out of there. It suddenly dawned on him. He knew what she was asking. And we were standing right not five feet away. He took her by the arm. And he said, Honey, you didn't bring him out. Inside the house, it was raging, rolling, burning. You could hear it roaring when it dawned on her. When it dawned on her, my baby, 
She made a lunge to go in the door. And I watched the big man get her in the waist and literally turn her over and lay her in the mat. One got on her arm. Another one got on her legs. Finally, four of them got there. That little mother, she rose. She screamed, turned me loose. I know where my baby is. I'll go get him. I know where he's at. I'll go find him. Wallowing in the ice and the mud. Turned me loose. About that time, the windows. Boom. 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 They begin to blow out. Let me go. You see, what I'm telling you, that if you really believed that your baby was going to wake up in hell in the morning, there wouldn't be any sleep coming to your eyes. If you really believed that Jesus Christ was coming tonight and you had kids unsaved, you wouldn't go to sleep tonight. You wouldn't go choke it down with a hamburger and a Coke. You wouldn't just take it in a light way. Because if they go to that raging hell, who I wish that we could visit that place tonight. Look at it, sir. Look at it. There they are. I can tell you stories about a woman burning in a car. I can tell you stories about a baby burning in a house. And you cry, but I tell you that your children are going to hell and it don't even faze you. Because you don't believe that he can come tonight. Look at it. Burning. Lake. Waves. Red molten fire. Listen to the crackling sound. Listen to the raging wave. But look out there. You will see a hand go up and watch the fire fall down off of it. And you will look into that hollow face. Please. 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 Somebody! Oh no, sir. What would this be worth in hell tonight? The only man we ever talked to. He told him, please, please, please send somebody and let him just, just the drop. One drop! Let him dip his finger in water! I wonder, just a few hours from now, you little rebellious girl, you rebellious boy, I wonder what you'd give me for what I've got in my hand tonight. What about it, Ma? 
Brother Foss, you can't mean it. One. One drop. Hey, son. The boy that was here last year, that's not here tonight, he's already gone. Jesus came for him. He wasn't ready to go. He would give anything he owned to walk down these aisles. If I could walk him out of the fire, I could walk him out of hell, I could walk him up to the pulpit, he would take this microphone in burning hands and first words, don't, don't, don't come to this place. You see, it's more than what you're even thinking about. Brother Tool, I feel it tonight. The Scripture said we would save some as though we pulled them from where? Out of the fire. Honey, if I save you, I'll get you out of the fire. If I save you, I'll pull you out of the fire. But mother, you don't believe what I'm saying tonight. I have my son with me tonight. Gary, walk up here, my daddy. I got one 18-year-old laying out under an oak tree. A little cement bench is there. And I go out there. I went not long ago. Cemetery doesn't open till sunrise. I got there before sunrise and I went through the hedge and I just wanted to be there early. And I sit there and talk to Daryl. I said, Daryl, Daddy, don't sorrow. It's people that have no hope. But oh God, Gary, if Daddy loses you, you go to hell. How can I go to a cemetery? How can I go to a grave and know that the spirit of my little old boy is looking up at me and saying, Daddy, 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 if you would just get me out of here, if you could just get me out, it'll be different now. You better hear me tonight. Honey, Daddy loves you more than anything in the world. I'm sorry, I know I'm not supposed to cry. It's not good ethics and homiletics for a speaker to do that. But please forgive me. 
But what am I trying to tell you? Hey, Lot, you chose the well-watered plains of Jordan. You chose to move to Sodom. That's where you chose to go. You made well and you made money. You became the minister of commerce. You sat at the gate of the city. Everything that come by, part of it was yours. Oh, but Lot, you didn't plan on your kids doing what they'd done. You see, while you was making money, they was becoming mixed up with the sodomites. Your daughters were falling in love with those hideous, horrible creatures of Sodom. You didn't expect them to marry. I'm talking to some of you parents tonight. If you ever put your nose in a soppy carpet and prayed, you better get a hold of God. Your kids is going to hell and you don't really care about it. Sodom and he sent the angel the messenger of doom to Lot so far away he could not recognize the man of God oh if God don't shake the United Pentecostal Church and make her to know that there are men among us that have heard from God and you need to hear what they're saying. Lot treated him just like anybody else. But in their bosom was a message. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. All he could say was just, come on, wash your feet. We'll have a good meal. You can get up and go on your way. That's not what we're here for, Lot. You see, some of you come to this camp meeting. You expected me to preach you out in the aisles. I see some of the folks from my church here tonight. I like to think they come all the way up here to hear me. But I know better than that. They've been praying for this camp meeting. Oh, but listen to me, sir. Listen to me. You expected me to put you in the aisles. But before I came to this camp meeting, God told me to try to put you on your face and put you on your knees and do something, not to shout, not to run, but my God, my God, let us pray. 
the night that Jesus comes. Lot, how many you got here? I got my kids. We come to tell you, get them and get out. I would tonight that I could let you see that old man who had missed God. Living right where some of us are living. Picnicking at the mouth of a red hot hell. Playing games with God. And when the angel finally told him, get your kids and get out of here. It's fixing to rain fire and brimstone. He run to them kids that he hadn't prayed for. Honey! Honey! Let daddy in! Ah, dad. You're beside yourself. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, Daddy, settle down. Honey, God has talked to me tonight. By the tool I'm preaching to people tonight, if you would run home and wake up your kids, wake up! They'd laugh at you and say, you're crazy. Think it not strange. Lot, Please, the angel talked to me. Please. And finally God waited as long as he could. And the Bible said he bodily picked up Lot, his family, and set him out of the city and said, go to the mountain. Honey, there's some of us headed for the mountain tonight. But some of you are headed for a red, hot hell. The night Jesus comes. Listen. Listen. Seven years ago, I was preaching just like I'm preaching tonight. Oh, Brother Foss, I don't believe in that. It's okay. See, unless you become sensitive to the Spirit, you don't even know where I am tonight. I lost you somewhere back down the road. But I was preaching just like this, Brother Titus. I looked in the back of my church. Walking in the door was a dark gray form. I couldn't see the features of the face. But the moment it came in while I was preaching, I stopped. I stood there and looked at it. Come and turned to my left. Come down the aisle about middle ways. Right there is where my church board sat. There sit Brother Jack McCall. There sit Brother Dahl Wiggins. There sit Brother Jimmy Coleman. There sit Brother West. There sit Brother Clements. Right there where the thing stopped. I knew that it was a spirit of death. And for a moment it stopped there and it simply just dissipated and melted away. I stopped and told my church. I just saw the spirit of death walk into this building. I told them where it stopped. 
the next five weeks, I buried all five of those men that sat right there on the end of the pew. Six weeks ago, I saw the same figure walk into my church again. Walked in. Brother Goodman, was you there that night? I stopped preaching and I said, Church, I saw the angel of death. Again, it came in and it turned to the left. Stopped at the back of the aisle. Five aisles in our auditorium. It stopped back there in the left-hand aisle. Disappeared. I knew what it meant. Estelle Schwartz was sitting there. The next day, three days later, Dean Manshack had a wreck on his motorcycle. I buried him. I was afraid to come to this camp meeting because I know that that spirit is stalking in my church. Dean Manshack away from God. I got a whole group of young people that sits there in that, in that area that are playing games with God. And God has been shaking our church to its very foundation the last few weeks. And I'm telling you tonight, I feel that same kind of a spirit in this tabernacle. I wouldn't be surprised what happened here before morning. There's some of you that if I save you tonight, have a red hot hell, it's going to be with blistering hands and a burned face. The night that Jesus comes, two laying in a bed. However, the voice, I don't believe it's going to be now. That's why it could be. For he said, in such an hour, as you think not, the Son of Man's going to come. Honey, if you're not ready to meet God, you better make up your mind that you're going to meet him tonight. I wish I had 50 feet of cord here. I'd like to get back there among you young men. Rebellious against the Spirit. You girls, rebellious. There is a Spirit hovering over you tonight that's going to drag you to a red hot hell. If Jesus comes tonight and you haven't made it through, forget it! I wonder what's happening in glory right now. Hey, Gabriel, are you about ready to sound the trumpet? If you are, wait just a minute. Don't do it before the altar service. Don't do it before we pray. Brother Davis, would you have sung the same song if you'd have known this was the last time you was going to sing? Would it have been just like it is? Would you have given the offering just like you gave of... You knew this was going to be the last offering you ever had the opportunity to give in? Would you have worshipped like you worshipped if you knew that Jesus was coming tonight? You see, if He comes tonight, you've got some questions to answer. You've got some things to say to Him. I want every eye closed. I'm going to walk through this audience tonight. I have enough respect for what I feel that I want to walk down these aisles. I want to be sure. I don't want anybody to say anything. Don't anybody move. I just want to walk. I want Brother Toole to come and walk down the center aisle. Brother King, you come and walk down the left aisle. 
Brother Dylan, you come and walk down the right aisle. Brother Duncan, come and walk down the aisle over against the wall. Brother Sism, would you walk down that wall for me? You see, somewhere there's somebody standing right at the door of hell. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe we can do something. Brethren, walk slowly. Just walk slowly. Don't anybody come to the altar. Don't anybody move. Be sensitive to the Spirit.